Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries. This is today's episode of Truth Tidbits as we continue reading through the scriptures this year. Today we are again in the book of Romans in Romans chapter 16, and we should conclude this in another episode, possibly two, but we are very close to the end of this chapter I don't want to rush it, though, because Paul does have some very pertinent and important and relevant words for us in these final verses, especially what we're going to look at today. So today I'd like to read in Romans chapter 16, and I want to read verses 17 and 18. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. I believe this is where we need to be today because this is extremely important for us today in our culture, in our society, in our world. Paul gives us warnings here that we need to heed. So let's remember, this is Paul's great treatise on the gospel. Paul has devoted these 16 chapters to laying out a solid foundation of Christianity, the basics of justification by faith alone, the basics of living life as a Christian, the basics of understanding both Jews and Gentiles in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the basics of how it applies in practical daily living in many areas. And in regard to the church and interpersonal relationships, as well as things regarding the government and the Christian's response. So Paul has covered many things here, but his overarching theme for him, the overarching motivation for him is the gospel. It's all about the gospel. Every heartbeat, every mission, every person, his entire motive, his burning passion, and his driving force is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul has spent the first part of chapter 16 commending believers and fellow servants, giving honor where honor is due. But now Paul knows he's drawing to his final words, and because he is a true shepherd at heart, and he really cares sincerely about the people he's trying to reach, he gets very serious and straightforward about those who stand opposite to the truth of the gospel, those who are opponents of the true good news of Jesus Christ. Paul has a true shepherd's heart. He cares about the sheep. He wants to see every sheep growing healthily, strongly. He cares about every sheep being truly blessed by the Lord and he cares about every sheep being protected. And it's because of that love and that zealousness for 
the people of God that Paul gets very serious here because he sees danger ahead and he is committed to being a true under-shepherd under the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the good shepherd and the chief shepherd, according to Peter. So Paul recognizes that wolves will come in among the flock. And as a good shepherd, he wants to make sure that we note them and that we protect against them. Paul is not cowering back from calling them out directly and giving us identification markers to tell us exactly who they are. Paul cared for the flock. He cared for the people of God. Paul knows that the people of God are considered God's flock of sheep. In Psalm 100, it says this in verse 3, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Paul knows that. He knows that part of his responsibility to be faithful to the one who called him, Jesus the Lord, that he must warn the flock, that he must seek to protect the flock, and that he must recognize that they are the sheep of God's pasture. And he is challenged and charged with caring for them. So Paul is going to give forth a, a serious urge, a charge here. He is admonishing them. He is urging and inviting them strongly to mark, he says. In other words, to take aim at, espy, and observe, watch, and pay attention. It could also include watching out for and testing with a watchful eye all those who are coming in that fit these characteristics that Paul is listing here. So he says, mark them, note them in order to protect yourself and those in the flock. So who does he say to mark and note? He says, those who cause division, that's his first category, those who cause division, dissension, disunion is what that means. They come in challenging with different teachings or heresies or disputes. They come in like Satan did in Genesis chapter 3. Has God said, did you really hear God? What you've been taught, is that really what God is saying? They're challenging. They're giving doubt. They're trying to cast doubt. They're trying to cause disunion and bring division. I want to read you Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. God cares about unity within the church. 
and he takes very seriously any that would cause division or disunity. I want to read Proverbs chapter 6 because this gives us more information as well through Solomon's writing. Proverbs chapter 6, beginning of verse 12. A worthless person, a wicked man, walks with a perverse mouth. He winks with his eyes. He shuffles his feet. He points with his fingers. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually. He sows discord or disunity. Therefore, his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly he shall be broken without remedy. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. And he's already defined the type of person that is. It's this wicked, worthless person he's talking about that speaks with a perverse mouth, winks with his eyes. In other words, you know, is, is untrustworthy, shuffles his feet, points with his finger, judgmental. Perversity is in his heart. He devises evil continually and is sowing discord. Solomon tells us a little bit more about the character of this person that Paul is describing here, who's going around and creating and causing divisions. And Paul says to mark or note that person. He's going to tell us what to do about them in a moment. He also says to mark or note those who are causing offenses. That word for offense is talking about a trap one that sets a trap with a trap stick, puts bait in it. It has the idea of maybe those who are setting traps for squirrels or or some other form of game, a rabbit or whatever. And so they devise this trap and maybe even try to camouflage it. And they put the stick in there And then they'll put some sort of bait inside it to draw the animal inside. And once the animal gets inside, the trap stick is sprung and the animal is is ensnared then and can't get out because it closes the door and ensnares the animal. That's what he's talking about here with someone who's causing divisions and causing offenses. An offense is a trap that has been set for a person to ensnare them, to lay a stumbling block, to give and put an impediment in the path of someone so that they will stumble. And they're going to try to make them take the bait, the bait of Satan, dealing with offense and unforgiveness and how it is a bait that will lure you into a trap. This is talking about any person or thing that will draw someone away into error, sin, or bitterness. 
Paul says to mark these people, in other words, to take them seriously. Anyone among the church, the body of Christ, that does this, he says, mark them, note them, pay attention and observe and watch out for them. They are wolves. They are setting traps. They are sowing discord and they are abominable in God's sight because Solomon told us that an abomination to God is one who is causing discord among the children of God. And he says, these are the ones that are working contrary to the doctrine. He says, these are bringing these things in contrary or opposed to, it even means beyond the doctrine of the truth of the word of God. That could include both those who are opposed to it, who are trying to refute it, but it could also include those who are adding to it and going beyond the gospel. Oh, you believe Jesus died for your sins? That's cool. That's cool. That's okay. But that's not enough. You need to do this in addition. Those that are going beyond it, those who are adding to it, the doctrine that we have learned is based upon the whole of Scripture. That's what Paul has taught them here. And it's really all about Jesus. Do you see? The whole of Scripture is truly all about Jesus. When Jesus came to the two on the road to Emmaus, and later that same day, when he reappeared to the various disciples, he taught them, and he the word says that he began with Moses through the prophets and taught them about himself. And then, of course, we have the Gospels and the whole of the New Testament. It is all one book with one author and one central figure, period. And that is Jesus Christ. His life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his coming again as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is what the whole of the scriptures teach us. He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died an expiatory death on the cross that paid the death sentence for your sin and for mine in full. And God accepted that payment by raising him from the dead. And then 40 days later, he ascended to God and now sits at the right hand of God exalted on high and is coming again just like he promised the gospel is laid out in Paul's treatise here in Romans. He has laid it out plainly. He has taught us the truth about the doctrine that we have learned. He's teaching that doctrine here. And it's based on the solid word of God all throughout the scriptures. Justification by faith alone. The sanctification of the believer the coming glorification of the believer. When we do see the redemption of our bodies as well, and we are resurrected to be with him forever. The fact that we are one body and many members, all of these things he is included in his great treatise in the book of Romans. And so Paul is now warning us. He says, if you detect or note 
any of these among you in the body, whether they be in some form of leadership position or whether they be in the congregation, in the laity, other members in the body. If you detect and note them, and this is your responsibility, it's the responsibility of every Christian, Paul says, avoid them. Get away from them. Turn away from them. Shun them. Have nothing to do with them. Get away. Don't interact with them. Don't have meals with them. Don't listen to them. And that could be in your local congregation. It could also be in terms of ministries that you might listen to through YouTube or Rumble or podcasting or radio or whatever it is. Don't have anything to do with them if they are speaking contrary to the doctrine that the Word of God teaches us about the person and work, finished work of Jesus Christ our Lord. Anything contrary to the Word of God, shun them, get away from them, avoid them, and do not listen. Have nothing to do with them. Why? Because you and I must guard ourselves for our own spiritual health, for our spiritual heart, for our spiritual growth. I want to read you in Proverbs chapter 4. I want to begin reading in verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Don't listen to these people. You've got to keep your heart with all diligence. You don't need to be turning over to the left or to the right, letting them cause division, letting them cause you to take a detour off of the right path. Jesus talked about the straight and narrow. And I encourage you right now, if you want to, listen to a message that I've put up called The Need for blinders. And I speak in there also on this topic, but it's very important for us to pay attention for our own spiritual health, for our own growth in the body of Christ, so that we are healthy and we are not confused. God is not the author of confusion. Mark those and avoid those who cause division and offense. Now let's talk about these two things. Unity in the body of Christ is very important to God, but it must be the right kind of unity. There are two different kinds of unity that the Bible brings out in a few different examples. I'm going to just refer to two of them right now. There is an example of a very bad, wicked, evil unity found in Genesis chapter 11. And it was when 
Nimrod led a rebellion against God and caused there to be a, a building of this tower of Babel. And God came down and confused their language and had to deal with that situation because it was an evil unity. It was a very bad unity. You can read that story in Genesis chapter 11. That is an example of a united people, but they were united in rebellion against God. Then you have an example. One of the examples is in Acts chapter 2 of great unity, the unity of the Spirit. And that was when the Bible says that all the disciples, the whole 120 of them, were all in one place, in one accord, in one spirit, and in one mind. And the Holy Spirit was welcomed into that environment and came in and swooped in and filled them and baptized them with that precious Holy Spirit. And God was pleased and thousands were saved. 3,000 people were saved through that episode an event of good unity. You can't just have unity to say you have unity. It has to be based on something. Paul writes in another place and tells us exactly the type of unity we must pursue. I want to read in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit there. In the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. He's talking about one Holy Spirit there. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Paul is telling us here what we need to work toward. And he says, endeavor to keep it. It's going to take work. When you have more than one person, you're going to have different opinions and things like that. And sometimes there are times when we, we might feel differently about something, think differently about something, etc. So it does take some work, but we are to work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit of God to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit, not just any unity. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says for us to endeavor to keep the unity of the Holy Spirit the same kind of unity that we find in Acts chapter 2. And then Paul talked about those who cause offense. And he brings out how bad that is. Jesus did not shy away from declaring that either, nor does the author of Hebrews. Offense leading to this unforgiveness and bitterness, it's the bait of Satan. It is a bait that will ensnare you. It's like a cancer. I want to read to you in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. 
looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. The author of Hebrews calls it a root of bitterness that is like a cancer that will spread and will defile many things. If you become bitter or you allow bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment in your life, it will spread like a cancer and it will affect every area of your life, including your family, your work, your attitudes, your desires, your pursuits, your emotions. It'll affect everything. It's very dangerous and it must be avoided. I want us to look at two places where Jesus speaks about this. The first one is in Matthew chapter 18. In Matthew chapter 18, I want to read verses 6 and 7. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man or that person by whom the offense comes. Jesus is saying here, it is such a bad thing. He said it'd be better for anybody who's causing offenses to have a great big old stone, heavy, like a concrete millstone hung about their neck and then be thrown into the sea to sink down immediately to the bottom and drown than for them to cause even one little one. And in this example, in this context, he's just called little children to him, referring to those that were of simple and impressionable age, either physically or even it can be applied spiritually within the body of Christ. We are not to offend one another. Jesus takes it very seriously. I want to look at one other place where Jesus speaks about this. In Luke chapter 17, I want to read verses 1 through 6. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day returns to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Now, this mulberry tree that he's talking about represents, and this is another study I won't get into, but it represents a bitter producing tree, a tree that's producing bad fruit in your life. Anything that's causing bitter ends offenses, unforgiveness, things that are bitter in your life, 
That's what Jesus is talking about. In Christ Jesus, that thing needs to be uprooted, pulled up by the root. And that's what he's saying, because if you don't get the root of it, it will grow back over time. Jesus is saying, get the root, get to the root of that problem, uproot that tree. He will help us. He will show us how to do that if we will come to him and confess that to him and say, Father, in Jesus' name, help me. Help me to get this thing completely by the root, pulled out of my life. I don't want it anymore. Take it seriously. Jesus does when there are offenses. We must take our walk and our growth in the body of Christ seriously. There's an understanding about this that whoever you feed, whoever you feed will be the stronger man in your life. If you allow these things in and you give them place and credence in your life, you feed them bitterness, offense, division, disunity, then they will become stronger and they will be like a cancer to ruin you. But if you, by the Spirit of the living God, do what is right, avoid those things, shun them, have nothing to do with them, and you pursue the Lord and His Word and stay true to the right calling, stay true to the right path based on sound doctrine from the Word of God. When you feed the the spirit man in you, that will be the stronger one within you. Deception is everywhere, and we must test every spirit, just like John the Apostle said, and it must be tested by the standard. The standard is the Word of God. To grow healthily, avoid any who cause division and cause offense. I pray that this has been a blessing to you today. And Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.